Hey everybody, it's Nolan North, you know, Nathan Dre from Uncharted, and you're listening to the Geek Apocalypse Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest episode of the Geek Potters Podcast with yours truly, Mr. Stephen Hesse, and thank you so much for bearing with me in the cauldron of uncertainty that is my life right now, and the fact that this is the first introduction I have done since I turned 30. I have been spending a great deal of time sulking and wishing I had made that time machine uh, where I could go back and pretend I'm 21 and not going to the downhill of life. That it, no, I actually generally am I'm complete bullshitting, which is not uncommon for this podcast. Uh, you know, conventional bullshitter. Uh, and um, no, but I actually am taking it rather well uh, because I, I've actually been watching like a, a video of what my favorite streamer, which I'll get to because I bought his merchandise for my birthday. Uh, called Day 9, where he was talking about turning 30, and uh, he said a very fascinating thing, which I think I'll bring up on either another episode of this podcast or Mentally Sound, um, which is a podcast to do with our guest Ricky um, once a month, uh, it's a mental health show. And he talks about how you change every five years as a person, and if you don't, you're sort of not developing as a person, and, and hopefully you'll be happier within a five-year block, and I think he's quite right, because... You know, you think about when I was, I think about when I was 20 and then when I turned 25, I felt better than I was 20 because I had a breakdown when I was 20. And then I think about 25 going, I was shortly before I had a second breakdown. <laughs> so I certainly felt better than I did when I was 20. And definitely I feel happier now being 30 than I was 25. I feel a lot more content about myself. So I think he's right. Um, so looking at it that way, I actually um, like that like that train of thought so i'm gonna stick with that instead of being miserable like some people i know who are gonna turn 30 Aha! get the jokes in while you can about me being 30 anywho um so on this episode we talk about i talk about that milestone i talk about my birthday and what i did at the week what i did for my weekend it was a long weekend of uh, it was sunday the 12th by the way when i, I turned 30 um, and this was recorded uh, on the, uh, the following Saturday, so the 18th, if I got that right. Um, and so what you'll hear is me having a really, really bad flu, because that's the delay in putting this up. Um, I've been having flu since Friday, because I went to did university stuff for Northumbria Uni, because I sometimes work there, and I had a bad throat, and it escalated. And what you'll hear is me struggling to get through just an hour of me and Ricky talking at my house. Um, because I, and on the Sunday I really paid for this by, you know, really struggling. The last couple of days I've just been sleeping. So, um, as you can hear, I'm sort of back voice wise, but I'm still, like, you know, sort of coughing like a maniac. Um, so that's the reason for the delay, so I apologise for that. Uh, but Ricky and I do another uh, podcast called Mentally Sound, which I encourage you to check out. I'm going to try and do a three hour version of that um, for December, for Christmas, and the end of the year. So please do look at that on iTunes. But uh, obviously, at Vivid Ricky is Ricky's tweets, and I'm e- at Geek underscore Apocalypse. And the next episode is with the Engage podcast guys, we've been trying to arrange for a while to talk about the new Star Trek Discovery, because um, they do a Star Trek podcast called the Engage podcast. So I'm super excited to have them guys on. But for now, here's my post birthday special with Ricky. Enjoy! Nailed it. Oh yeah, love you. Fun times. Thank you.
Okay. Um, we probably should have, before I press record, actually figure out what we're going to do. <laughs> it's a typical, uh, typical podcast. Because, um, yeah, um, hello, everybody. Obviously, welcome to Geek Populous Podcast. I'm Stephen, and I'm here with my uh, sometimes co-host, Mr. Ricky Tamman. He obviously is part of Mentally Sound, uh, which we just released the latest episode, which you might be curious to hear. Um, and we did have this funny idea, because I did mention in the previous intro, if you guys missed last episode, about potentially having my sister on, which uh, didn't work out, and I'm sure we'll get into that, because I'm probably going to talk about my birthday, I'm assuming, because I'm now 30. So <laughs> 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 I'll have a cry. Um, yeah, so obviously, uh, we're recording this the next weekend after, just to be completely upfront. Um, and yeah, so that's obviously not happening, because of the time scale, and my sisters went back home. So I did say to Ricky kind of is a fun thing. Whether we do this or not, I'm not sure. I know we kind of talked about it. But I said Ricky could ask me some stuff if he wants. It's interesting, actually, because he's asked me some quite interesting stuff off air. Um, we could just reflection. We could just continue <laughs> up on the dinner table, I yeah, guess, sure. to some yeah. extent. Yeah, yeah. 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 This yeah. shows you how in-depth our discussions are, because they all like, got very all serious. and uh, But it's all good, because... Um, I'll be frank, actually, because this is kind of, I think, would be interesting to listen to. You'll be frank, I'll be Ricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> to be frank, uh, I'll be Dave. And, uh, um, yeah, it's that you do, though, in all seriousness, quite not surprisingly, re- reflect on things when you hit a milestone, like a decade of things. Essentially, what, 30 years. So you do, I have thought about certain things, and obviously, you know, that's been on my mind, and, you know, it's only been six days since I turned 30. Um, so that's kind of what me and Ricky have been discussing. So I said to Ricky as a kind of sort of one-off, just a, a little fun thing, because me and Ricky have known each other since Mentally Sound start. Well, actually, a little bit after, wasn't it? Because you did when, when it, I was. I know I always forget this, which mm. I feel terrible about. But what do you remember? What show you came in? I think it was the second show where uh, it was a Carol who invited me to talk about that's mental right. health in the workplace, and it was yeah. in a but editorial, I met you before, editorial remember, meeting. Yeah. yeah. I the the editorial, and I'm sure I sat next yes, to you. Yeah, because you what said it, about being nervous and stuff, and yeah, you weren't sure what you were yeah, turning up was, to. Yeah. And I think that was really quite early on because <clears> it was like we were getting to know everybody. Yeah. But I'm just saying, in terms of like for people who've not maybe not listened to Mentally Sound, um, like I'm talking like in terms of Ricky being like part of the actual show, like the live yeah. show. Yeah. Was probably a good few months after that. Was it something? It was like about that? a year after when. Uh, yeah. When things with gravity were starting to sort of like break up and then yeah, but I just mean like you know when you filled in that one time for mental health oh, news yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like when oh you yeah, did, yeah 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 like yeah. you're I'm talking about like the first time yeah, you yeah. on there so that was um, that was quite yeah th- I think that was a turning point because yeah. we were kind of getting staff not we didn't have the staff but uh, yeah the person doing mental <laughs> it sounds health sounds like we're all old, old, yeah. old men aren't we like go get the staff these, <laughs> these days, days. <laughs> but um, the person doing the I mental health I had to fly him all the way from Barcelona <laughs> <laughs> you can't get the staff these days you're supposed to be yelling at him okay <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was quite ingenious the, yeah. uh, the faulty towers oh, reference god brilliant. I love that no, yeah. I, I, I've, I've actually gone through a period of time and it's a typical Geek Apart podcast, like it was complete segment. They have repeated them recently. Yeah, well, I, um, they're on yet. Netflix, yeah. uh, which are, so I am uh, on a board, like, sort of day when I didn't want to watch anything super serious. I actually rewatched them all, and, like, it's amazing that, like, I've probably seen them about a hundred times. Um, I just have fond memories. That's still great. I had like, fond memories when. You know, in the late 90s when it was around the 20th anniversary of yeah, all yeah. Tales, and I'd bought the whole video set and I used yeah. to just you know, I used to remember coming home after clubbing 
an hour of a takeaway and I would just stick the <laughs> video on and I just laugh. I remember that. I used to remember. I used to have drunk. That's quite weird. I used to, there was a couple of drunken nights I used to have. Yeah. Where um like years I'm talking years ago and um yeah I used to put faulty towers on when I was sort of drunk having a takeaway. Mm-hmm. Because I guess it's like if you if you know them, it's a bit like sort of a, a nice security blanket or something, is that you watch? I a... bought the scripts. I got the scripts wow. in the charity shop. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and and it'd be brilliant if I'm assuming know, like not, not the original, not the original, not the original ones because no, 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 no. they're in a charity shop like yeah. gold mine. Uh, but, how do you um, get them there? Um, yeah, oh, that's cool. It'd be great if they were could get them someone to sign them sometime. Mm-hmm. But yeah, be but yeah, anyway, so yeah, as I was saying about the whole sort of the so the guy but, who did yeah. the mental health news didn't for 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 reasons that we probably can't say because it would be oh yeah um, i don't even, yeah, to be honest i generally don't remember what it was but it's, it's not relevant to the story yeah. anyway so but i mean so, as someone who regularly tweets and reads about mental health stuff on a daily basis anyway you know yes. I, I tweet stuff out so when we were having that kind of brief editorial before the show and then i remember you guys were saying well it looks like we're gonna have to cut out mental health news and i was like eh, it's a bit of a shame but then i thought well this is probably a chance for me to sort of like you know at least have some part then if i so i went i ran back in the green room got onto my twitter feed on on the phone and just sort of like made these mad you know rushed notes Quick and, yeah, lights, yeah. and it kind of all went from there because uh charles kennedy had recently died i remember that who who died from alcoholism who yeah was my we, favorite um politician did you bring that up at the time like oh no we did, had a yeah. but no i meant yeah. like did we didn't we have a conversation either it was on the air or off it but i do remember me and you having like a debate about this because um have i got news for you wasn't it that they could they, they were quite over the years they were always made jokes about his alcoholism and it was like i don't know how they handled him dying yeah. but like um well they did a tribute in the end of one yeah, show, yeah. and i think was it that, like like, that might be what i'm remembering yeah. is that yeah. you might have said it was like a little hypocritical considering you know they, they wrote so many jokes about his alcoholism that they actually gave him a tribute yeah. but maybe i don't know maybe that's what you're going to get with satire is that i guess um, yeah you know, but you are kind of laughing. You are laughing at a mental illness yeah, as that, well. Well, that's you, kind yeah. of the problem in it. Yeah, um, it's but, probably because they knew Charlie. Probably they knew him, and, and they probably thought, "Well, he'll take it in good jest, I guess." But, but yeah, you, you don't know, do you? Unless mm-hmm. he said so otherwise. So yeah, so the whole point I was asking you about how we first met was that um, we've obviously done a fair amount of shows together now. Because I just realised when we released um, "Mentally Sound," the last one, mm-hmm. it was like the twenty-second one, I think. Was it something yeah. like that? Okay. Um, which is obviously quite a lot. Mm-hmm. It's quite good. Um, so yeah, there's. I was like, kind of like thinking that's quite a lot of shows, and like, so one of the reasons I said about like Ricky can ask me stuff if he wants, being that you know, um, was being that like just like you, uh, mental mentally sound in particular is a very like the radio show is this. Um, and it's a lot more structured than this is, is because we should, I should also say as well, we're currently recording this in my house, which is quite rare. Um, because it was, um, uh, my suggestion, uh, was because, um, Ricky hadn't met my dog yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of just said it would make sense to do that. So he's, we're currently like, um, surrounded by my office, in my office desk, uh, and just sort of staring, like looking at each other with a microphone. And Can the I just confirm for to, you, uh, to your listeners that I'm here, uh, not against my will? Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, came, yeah. I came voluntarily. Yeah, if you hear the most code, uh, if you hear the most code, uh, expressing help, um, just ignore it, okay? Yeah. Uh, between you and me, alright? Luckily, this isn't being aired. So. But it's great because I've not been to Wolves End. I don't think since my art college days. Yeah. And, and the, you're right; the place has changed. And it, it yeah. Well, really. as you said, you did. You had. You had been like I actually thought he'd never been to my house before. Which, considering we know each other a few years now, and then I was. Very and then briefly, we actually yeah. very rarely was for a meeting we had very early on about mental health, mentally sound, which he mm. would have got a lift to. Mm. So not actually walking into Wolves End. 
Yeah. Um, but still, he was. This was like literally a week after I moved in here, so it looks a little. Uh, I'm assuming but a little all bit the, different. The, seeing the ducks, ducks and the cranes, it just brings it all back. <laughs> yeah, the, that's, yeah, that's the yeah. abiding image. That is quite nice to yeah. see. Yeah. yeah, and you hear like the the horn of the because we he's referring to like we're not far from a shipyard, mm. like a shipyardy area with a bunch of cranes and stuff, yeah. like the old like Swan Hunter days. Because like for people who are not from the UK, like um, the Northeast was famous for building ships, especially like wartime and. Uh, even afterwards, like with swan hunters, so and there's a lot of like the cranes still exist and stuff like that, so mm-hmm. you can see them like late, uh, even like late at night. People like Jimmy cool. Neil and Sting have written about the yeah, history, yeah, 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 yeah. Swan hunters yeah. is always interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, anywho, so yeah, so the reason that I the reason that I wanted to bring that up is because, like as I said, we never really got an opportunity for to really sort of talk openly, I guess, like pre that or. Uh, whatever really you know like you know just have like a sort of like because whenever we get the hosted ones if you which i know people listen to um whenever me and me and ricky talk about stuff it's very random which is kind of the mm. whole point and so we obviously talk about like you know stuff we liked growing up and stuff and occasionally we'll talk about something serious quite quite, quite understandably um but yeah i guess like i don't know i mean it's up to so i'm kind of like okay we're just passing this to ricky and if he wants to ask us stuff feel free but it might just be might just be a podcast like we normally do. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but that's the whole point is that we, we don't really know what's happening. Just like life, really. <laughs> it's just a ride. Is that a car? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. It's just a ride as Bill Hicks used to always say, yeah. But, yeah, maybe I, maybe I should start the ball rolling, though, and feel free to okay. chip in. Um, I'll just try and give a brief synopsis of how my birthday went because, obviously, mm-hmm. when we last did the podcast was Bonfire Night or, like, the, the night yeah. before. Um, I think whatever it was. Um, and yeah, so obviously I talked a little bit about that. And like, I had a really, really good time. And I have to say, like, uh, quite seriously, and this is something we can maybe delve into, because I've been saving this for a bit in terms of wanting to talk about it. I was wanting to do a blog originally once the site's back up. But um, yeah, like, because I actually said, if you read about bipolar disorder, quite, like, if you do a lot of research on it, and I know there's been some of my friends, some of the friends I used to know used to debate this, going, oh, you're just exaggerating. But people who end up, you know, because bipolar disorder is either bipolar 1 or bipolar 2, which we talked about on the last Mentally Sound. And I've hit levels of bipolar 2, which is the really extreme version. Um, and even that, or even just regular bipolar disorder, I'm not trying to downgrade how serious it is. Like, and so if you read, like, a lot of people, I either people cope with it and live quite a while, or they die young. Um, so I used to often joke, especially when I had my problems a few years ago, that I was really like, um, uns- I used to joke like I'd, I'd actually consider it an accomplishment to reach 30. Because mm. um, a lot of case studies I used to read, and like if you watch like um, Stephen Fry's documentary that there's people who like commit, commit suicide unfortunately in their 20s because just the complete emotional like turmoil that people with bipolar disorder go through, like this up and down thing. It's not like... I've heard people describe this, and I, I mean no disrespect to people who have depression, because obviously I have I have that too. But like, if you have depression, it's at least I I feel strange saying this, but like depression's like consistent. Like it's you 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 kind of know what to expect, whereas um, with having an up and down mood disorder, it's like you you get overwhelmed by the positive as well as the negative. And when I was working for the university a couple of days ago. Um, I actually got asked, like, which is the worst to deal with, and I actually said, hands down, the high is far worse than the low, which is confusing for people to know. To the, the, and the, pe- the social worker students I was talking to were fascinated by that. 
So I went into kind of more detail and said, well, the the high is unrealistic. Like the depress and the and the depression latches onto things that you may necessarily already have a insecurity about. So that's why it feels like real. Whereas the unrealistic expectation of the high is that you feel like nothing's imp- un- like nothing's impossible. Um, and also like it's really intense and like you can't like it, it's really difficult to like stop it. It's um, more random. It's more yes, unexpected. Yes, yeah, yeah. and you I can't necessarily and you can't necessarily like predict when it's going to happen. As opposed to I've learned the I guess science with the rock for the science as well. It's yeah. just only, you know you know where it is, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, also as well, this sounds daft to say this, but why would you want to stop feeling good? Mm. Like that's the real problem with having a disorder that makes yeah. you feel over the top high because. When you feel like that, it's the greatest feeling in the world, and you don't want to stop it. But I've expl- I've told talked about this before years ago, but like the huge downside uh, is you usually have a massive massive uh, like just breakdown straight after. So when you're going through it, you're like, "This is awesome," but I know it's not real, and it is. I'm gonna have a massive crash straight after it. Um, so it's this like sort of like lull situation where it's enjoyable, but you know it's not going to last more than a couple of days. Maybe you said a poignant thing before yeah. about right. about when you <laughs> first time for <forever. laughs> when you look you look back and uh-huh. you, you kind of you, you you see it as an accomplishment to reach this far. See, I, I've never I've never felt like that, but just as you said it, I was like, oh bloody hell! I guess because I'm 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 uh, I turned thirty nine back in. Uh, in July, mm-hmm. but I've never in my milestones and in my birthdays, I've never looked looked at it as an accomplishment. But just as you said it, I was like, "Wow, well, I guess you're right as well," because of, because PTSD as well has is, is enormously high suicide rate. Mm. So, yeah, but you see, this is why I sell people. You know, this is why I live day to day. Say, please don't end that sentence there. I sell people <laughs> to <why> China. <laughs> day to day, you live day to day because. To me, you know, making it to bed every day to me is an accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, I, I actually sent them. I sent them the, the when I worked on the university a couple of days ago. I actually sent them because there was a girl actually who actually admitted a bunch of fairly intelligible questions and said like, you know, how do you deal with it? Like me, like based on anybody with any sort of problem at all, um, not just mental, but um, your capability to someone who's well Uh, and what I mean is that like I used to fall into this trap all the time where you would basically uh, and not let this bother me and not be bogged down and not feel depressed Um, and that falls into a situation where you don't get any better that day whereas the actual practical and more realistic and fair version for yourself Mm -hmm. is to look at it and go what can I, I'm painfully, I mean, this is the hard part, and I understand why people deal with it that way. Because what I'm really getting at is you have to reach a point in your life where you go, okay, this is what I have, and it's part of who I am. And also, you know, I learned this through therapy, realizing just as relevant as it is for all your good qualities as it is your bad qualities. Um, that, that you usually find for mental health, that's, that's relevant, that's a relevant statement across the board. Like, even a schizophrenic person would have aspects of that personality that's good that's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's helping that side of it as well as the bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to acknowledge that and realise it's part of who you are, mm-hmm. then you just basically look at every day and go, what can I achieve today that's realistic? Mm-hmm. And so I have days 
that I quite openly talk about where it's mm-hmm. a struggle for me to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting out of bed, I'm like, okay, that's one notch on that I managed to do something I really did not mm-hmm. want to do mm-hmm. or I'm not capable of doing. Um, I did that. I went and fed my dog. Um, there's another thing. And then, like, you don't just... Because uh, I think people even fall in the, the trap of having goals, as, you know? Even the little yeah. things are a major yeah. achievements. People, yeah, people fall in the yeah. trap of going, having goals of going, if I just clean my apartment today, then I feel like a good human being. Mm. And I'm like, that's not how you should view it. You shouldn't kind of go, if I don't do this, I'm a horrible person. Mm. Um, my friend Nick, I, I'm sure she won't mind me saying this, because we talked about this the other day, me and my friend Nick. And uh, she says, like... A realistically understanding person would be like, if you're having a really bad mental health day, and a person who's worked hard, like your partner who works uh, like full time, and you maybe work part time or not at all, or you help with the house, or you look after the children, um, you comes home to find that like you've had a really really bad day, and you've not like done the housework that you promised or whatever it is, and you've just struggled like re- regularly. It's really like the guilt, the guilt that a person with mental health like that feels, I don't think gets acknowledged enough because the go to stereotypical responses to go like, well, you're lazy and I look at all the work that yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. And really it comes down to understanding that like if that person's not capable, it's just the same as if they, if you rev- like, if, if you reverse that situation and the person with the mental health had the full time job and couldn't go to work that day, would your reaction be the same? I would argue no, because they'd go, wow, like you really got a problem. We need to help you with that. So just because it's something that's implied that because you spend all day at home that you're in a better situation. Actually, I would like, I don't know whether you think this, but if I have a mental health, if I feel bad, um, I actually sometimes think, wouldn't it be nice that I was capable of going to work to be distracted? Because I know that people who have just, you know, a natural depression, like that there's bad shit going on in their life. Work is a good distraction. And it encourages, yeah, you know, I mean, but I can't, I haven't got the ability to do that. I mean, um, I've said to you this before, yeah. I think on a previous podcast, mm-hmm. it's like when I, when I reach my office, to me, I, I, I get so happy because for me, getting from A to B, <coughs> getting, getting from A to B can be a struggle sometimes. Yeah. So reaching the office is like a major, major achievement number one. And having, having that office environment, is achievement number two because I know I can like concentrate on something else. So I don't have to mull around my own feelings and yeah, thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can channel all my energies into producing a design or artwork and stuff and just, mm-hmm. you know, getting, uh, getting a sense of relief from that, you know, yeah. I was at a, I was last, I don't know, I told you this, but, um, last, last weekend I went to see, um, <coughs> uh, John Ronson. I don't know if you know John Ronson. He's, uh, the comedian, yeah. He's, a comedian or sort of like a the guy with the glasses. Yeah, yeah, I know, a, I know. He's a I know sort of he a, even he joked on his show that the people mistake him for Louis Theroux and, <laughs> and mistake Louis Theroux for him because he's he's, uh, he's an author. He studies. He, he's written stuff around mental health, but is also he's sort of like a social commentator. Or yeah, something. but I'd he, sort of he say also something like that, I, yeah. He's a docu- documentary. I know who he is, yeah. he, 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 he's fascinated by. Uh, I wouldn't call ex- interesting people or extreme people and, and want, wants to know what's the psychology yeah. behind there. I, I, so I, he's I, he written a book called I'm The Psycho- that, Psychopath yeah. Test. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Which I got him to sign and I met him after and he's all very That's good. Cool. But he also had a couple of guests on his show and one one was of a, a, a lady who um, who was uh, <laughs> mar- who was married to 
who she thought was the man of her dreams. She, she, <laughs> she met him through an internet dating site. Okay. Right, right at the time when internet dating wasn't mainstream, it was just kind of like, you know, starting a up. A forum so, or something, yeah. So 2000, 2001 era sort of thing. Before and, uh, the money came in and companies slashed our souls. <laughs> and she, she bore like, uh, I think two, three kids to him. and But she did tell him beforehand that, that you know, he... He has a bit of a he has a bit of a secretive life that yeah, he needs to be away a lot. He, he, I think he fobbed off that he was part of the CIA or something. Okay. So he means he has to be constantly on the move. You okay. know, blah blah. Yeah, yeah. I think you know what's coming now. But, <laughs> but yeah, to cut a long story short, she found out that this guy was a, a serial. You know, wow. Marriage, okay. You know, he he had he had wives and children all around the world. I mean, literally. Oh, like all oh, so he wasn't the a ser- was so I thought you were gonna say he was a serial killer, but you mean like he was a serial like. Yeah. but I mean, I guess when I guess you when you read his right book one. and when they say the psychopath, I think they're trying to see comparisons to that sort of behavior, um, to the psychologies of someone extreme who would perhaps go to, to even further as to uh, kill for their you know their their their, their beliefs or, or their yeah. thoughts. But um, what was funny about it is that the. Uh, the, the the ex-wives of, of, of this guy have their own Facebook group now. <laughs> <laughs> well, they just bitch oh, about him. Yeah. yeah, and WhatsApp group like, and yeah. stuff. And, and Exchare things. Yeah, he did that to me too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> another, his other interesting kind guest was a, a, a lass, um, Eleanor, I think her name was. Um, um, she she got diagnosed with schizophrenia. But do you remember when we, we talked to... We've had a couple of guests, didn't we? I mean, John from the last show, um, who was the comedian who was... Uh, diagnosed with schizophrenia, but he didn't really have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, she she was diagnosed with something else. Um, I think doctors tried to just to say, oh, the, you know, we all get the odd delusion here and there. Go home, it's fine. But, yeah. But these were you know voices that she was hearing on a regular basis, and it and she had to you know um, um, quit her studies to get to get treatment. I mean, I think she was uh, invariably sectioned. So. And she did get that schizophrenia diagnosis, and just what you touched on earlier, um, whether we, how we embrace mental illness, would we miss it? Do we accept it's part of us? Some, when they did the Q and A at the end, someone from the audience said, uh, "If those voices would leave you, would you miss them?" And she says, "Yeah, actually, I would, because they've become part of me." Um, she even says they were with me today. They were there in my hotel room before it's, I got to the theatre. I'll, I'll, I'll say something on the back of that, like that, that, that I think about quite a bit like because i i because I, it's fun that that's a really interesting point um because i would say because i said to these to this to these uni students the other day i said about they were like so how does your bipolar disorder manifest itself and i often compare it to and i and i said like isn't it interesting because there'll probably be somebody in this room that if i tell this story to my response might be that wow he's crazy um, and I meant that kind of half jokingly, but I went, but I was kind of serious, and that there would be somebody who has no idea about what bipolar disorder is or any mm-hmm. sort of mental health to that level, mm-hmm. and might go, "Wow, he has voices," mm-hmm. or because I very often mental health people, because depression is the same thing. Like you know, famously Winston Churchill said it was like a black dog hanging over him, uh, following him, following him everywhere. Um, similar thing like, like, shoulder, I think. yeah like it, yeah exactly like a weight yeah um and there's loads of people who use metaphors to that description and i and i kind of because it it human beings manifest things like that 
um, to fit what they understand. So I like you want so when when it, when your brain is telling like because it's really just impulses. It's not really a voice. It's a series of irregular impulses and chemical imbalance that's making you think certain things you don't want to think. So. It, how a human being like understands that is they create a voice out of it and so i often say i feel like i have like a, a an ill voice mm-hmm. like a, a a version of me that sort of tells me every day that i'm useless mm-hmm. but i don't actually i used to think it was a version of me but then i kind of realized over time that it's just better to say it's a voice not necessarily a voice of mine but a voice i choose to ignore but do you find um, do you find comfort when you hear other people with with the same diagnosis and you and you find that they have similar symptoms and there's a there's a i don't know is there's a sort of solidarity there like yeah well i mean i i I used to like i just said i i I revealed something like that that probably like just to to reiterate your point 10 years ago i might not have revealed that yeah me me too i mean i I had very i had two similar i had those two very sort of same um, um experiences recently First was with um, Jason, the soldier who was mm-hmm. on Mentally Sound. Uh-huh. Years, who was yeah, yeah, one yeah. of our best guests, wasn't he? Yeah, he's good. So he was a soldier. And when I met him um, to discuss the, his appearance, it was like maybe a week before the show. And what he revealed to me about keeping a knife, a weapon under his bed. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing that for the last, since yeah, my trauma. Yeah, I remember you saying that. It was quite powerful And when he you, told yeah. me, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I broke down in tears because mm. it was like, wow. I it's... thought I was the only one. And just very quickly, yeah, the on. recent one. Um, again, for confidentiality reasons, I won't I won't say who this person is. Or, yeah, of but um, I just got an email from a guy who was going to be part of the show, but he didn't get back to me. And, and I opened his email, and he just said sorry, uh, but sorry to inform you, but I, I've just had a nervous breakdown. Oh, right. And I was like, I've never had a person like just be honest. Hey, about tell it, me, yeah. but tell yeah, me yeah, yeah. In, in that way, way as well. And again, I, I got very tear. I was t- I was chatting to my. Uh, my my digital girlfriend at the time. And I was I was crying in front of when I was. Who is real people? Yeah. It's, not, it's not voice. <laughs> but yeah, just and it's. I amazing. love you, Mickey. <laughs> Thanks. We all have them voices. With with the hope that that ends up being real yeah. at some point. Yeah, I just love. I would love to have a voice that says that every every day. Um, yeah. uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to bash on you. Thing, I just thought it was too funny to not say it. But um, no, no. You, um, I, I, and uh, just to finish the point, because I thought what you said about what that girl said in the John Ronson thing was really powerful. Because I was just about to say, so the voice I have in my head that I talked about at the university mm. that I say like every day tells me like I'm useless and I should quit and I should just give up and all this kind of thing. This is why I said. I generally think I wasn't me, your lecturer talking to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just the people next to us, yeah. My voice was saying stuff a lot worse, yeah. I was just people in the room, like, God, this guy again, yeah. This hippie, yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, so, um, <laughs> so, uh, so the, so I, I actually said this at the time, and it's weird that you brought that up because I, well, actually, I, I touched on the voice thing, and then afterwards, it's by you just saying what the girl said at this, uh, John Ronson thing. I actually went, wow, that I actually generally think that's probably how I would feel. Because I started to think, like, when I have days where my, my mental health is kind of quite timid, as in my bipolar is, and I'm, I feel like, you know, let's use that word that we try to, you know, not use, but normal. <laughs> um, where I don't, where I feel like I'm like kind of normal mood and I'm reacting to things like I, like a normal person would, and I'm not mm-hmm. uh, feeling over the top or I'm not feeling extreme or anything like that. Um, 
I do start like there is an, an element of me which is why I hate I hate feeling this way because it's about giving myself a break when I feel that way. You'd mm-hmm. think, well, why not enjoy yourself? Because yet yeah, that's that's kind of what you're wanting. Mm-hmm. But I I I have a level of panic, and this shows how crazy mental health can be. I do get during them days or day or whatever, however long it is, I do get times during that period where I panic about the voice no longer being there mm. because you get so comfortable with it being around. Mm. It's like if someone took that away and you're like, you suddenly just didn't think. But then, you know, there's people who have took certain medications that that voice has went away and like, like, like led more productive lives and stuff. So maybe it's a completely yeah. irrational fear. Yeah. fear. But it, but it is, a re, you know, it is an understandable one in that you've got so used to something being part of your makeup that... Mm-hmm. suddenly for it to disappear like you know it, it, i have thought about that and like i say i generally am being serious when i say when i have like sort of i guess like level content days i do often go wow like the voice it's a, it's, you know it, it, for me I'll, 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 I'll hold my strong. hand up and admit it will be it would be a difficult question for me to answer yes yeah, i don't know anxiety for yeah. me is so so crippling and yeah I'm, yeah you you're wishing all the time that it wasn't there yeah so then suddenly to have it not be there would i miss it um, in some ways, it, it, it kind of it, it kind of works in your favor that it it would prevent you from going into a situation where you know it might be bad. So in that in that sense, it probably is a good thing, and I would obviously miss that. But when the days when it's worse, then you just think, oh, why the hell? Well, it's funny because this is actually weird, and I think it actually relates to. There was a conversation me and Ricky had before we started, like we were having uh, takeaway together, and. Um, and uh, we were talking about, well, actually, it was beforehand, actually, a little bit before that, but anyway, today, um, we were talking about if we'd won the lottery. Mm. And, like, um, it's kind of a similar theme in that um, we were talking, because we were like, does money lead to, like, you know, sort of your mental health being not as stressful? Or, like, you know, does it make your life better or whatever? And we debated it, like, quite, quite for at least 20 minutes or so. And because um, the reason I'm bringing this up in relation to this is that, like, we we were both making the point of if you get if you end up going from like say just a hype make up a hypothetical person in someone's life say you make twenty thousand pound a year which is about average for people in the country let's say twenty grand right um and you win the lottery uh like tonight it's tonight isn't it so say whatever it is is ten million and it's one winner and it's you like. Everybody always just focuses. This is what we. This is the point me and Ricky were making to like when we were talking about it. Was everybody makes the assertion of how great it is to have that amount of money, and never discusses the monumental pressure that it adds. So it's kind of similar to if we lose that voice, it would lead to a whole nother aspect of learning to deal with the new mm. the new person who you are. It's mm. the same as if you get given money. It's the same if you move house. It's the same if you get a new job. Mm. It's like this idea of like everything's all going to be great mm-hmm. and yet you have to adapt and get used to the idea of it being different mm-hmm. and that's why you know people feel the neglect to talk about that lot, the, there's more lottery winners that have went broke <laughs> than, 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 than anything because you know if you have no idea how to deal with that amount of money and, and, and me and Ricky were talking it's worse, possibly in some ways, if you have a mental health problem, because you would be so fearful of how people would treat you if they knew that you had that amount of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why, like, I, I, I don't know whether or not being... That's why I always think, imagine if you're being successful in your own, jo- like, uh, enterprise or business, and people knew, like, you're the ti- you know, you're on the Times richest list. So, so it's very hard to not, like, hide that you're you're wealthy. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Like, I I would be so fearful of how people would treat me because there's a there's a different way. I think we both be- agreed that we yeah. wouldn't we wouldn't tell. People yeah, well, that's why we always said like, and I yeah. think like you know, I, I don't think this would change would, anything. We would donate anonymously, yeah. and yeah, uh, but I suddenly disappear because I've won the lottery. <laughs> but we also discussed whether how we would feel ourselves. Yeah, and we, I mean, we discussed at the men, a couple of mentally sound episodes ago where I think we used the 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 uh, was it Aaron Lennon we were discussing here. Oh, the the because obviously Premier League yeah. footballers are, yeah, yeah, are extremely yeah. wealthy, and, mm-hmm. and that just goes to show that money doesn't solve. Well, yeah, he was a more modern yeah. example, and then when I said like you know this this is actually this shows you how little it gets talked about because there was a couple of really high profile cases in the nineties, and obviously there was one that we were talking about. Me and Rick were talking about this earlier about how much we hated Piers Morgan because he um, was very not nice to Stan Collymore, who basically was talking about how he was depressed as a footballer. Mm-hmm. And Piers Morgan's response was very stereotypical of, but you make all this money and all this fame. And I'm like, and that's one thing I think about in relation to whenever you do media stuff, mm-hmm. you know, you do get into situations where you do meet people who don't know who you are or like communicate to you who don't know who you are. It's one of the reasons why I'm not on Twitter that often is because I, I, I get more and more uncomfortable. I guess this is my sort of anxiety or concern. Is that I, I appreciate it, obviously, don't get me wrong. But um I find it weird to communicate with someone I've never met who um are essentially aware of your existence because of something you do, not who you are as a person. Like it's just um, and I'm and I know like that's really dumb to say because no one's forcing me to do this. I'm just saying that's the aspect of doing a media thing, is that you know, the the you know, if someone tweets you and says, like, Oh, I listen to your show or something and then you go don't know who this person is, and all you really find yourself saying is, "Well, thank you," like because you obviously appreciate it. But at the same time, it's like kind of a bit weird because. But I'm like, I, I guess it's kind of I'm kind of revealing that sort of part of my personality as well because I, I find it very. Difficult I'm a little bit different because to accept I'm, compliments. <laughs> Twitter is one of my vices. Yeah, I, I know you. You're like really into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't mean that as a knock at Twitter. I'm saying this is pre- this is pretty much just that's mm. just me as a person, really. Mm. Um, I think that's actually a really nice thing. Obviously, when someone communicates and they're not you, you've not told them to. That's a wonderful yeah. thing. But yeah. I'm just saying how people like uh, latch onto it because. It's one of the reasons I don't like Facebook, because I've, I've told you this before, but people go, like, I'm more concerned about who likes their posts than actually, like, the content. It's all about, like, oh, like, you know, you, I've, I've seen people um, shout at friends for going, you didn't like my post. Yeah. Like, well, that, that, like that's, that happens a lot on that, Facebook yeah, when... It's just, like, really... Because you, you can see people who likes and who doesn't, who saw your post and not, and then you can get really, <clears throat> you can get really arsy about... Well, do they not care, or are they spiteful or jealous? Yeah, this is why I prefer Twitter over over Facebook, mm-hmm. because I guess with Facebook, it's always there for you. You know, you can tag. You can do it on Twitter as well, but Twitter is so fast and instantaneous. You can let it go by, even if certain people haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Bother me as much. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I like Twitter. Because you, you, you can take you can take it or leave one it. One of my yeah. favorite people I follow on Twitter was Graham Linehan, the father Ted creator. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He recently quit Twitter. I don't know if you know. Oh, did he? I think he got he got just sick of uh, trolls, particularly like Trump, mm-hmm. right wing sort of Trumpists yeah, yeah, yeah. and the alt right. I yeah. think they kept attack because he was one of the. Uh, yeah, I know that he's quite like sort of. Uh, isn't he like politi- one of the political tweeters? He'll tweet like what yeah, he thinks yeah, and stuff. Does... Uh, there's loads of like um, celebrities end up quitting it. Like Stephen Fry's quit it like a number of times, and he I don't he's even know if he's done it in a minute. Yeah. I think he's yeah, he came yeah. back. Yeah. Think, yeah. yeah, he does. He like quits for like a, a week and then <laughs> goes, "I've missed it too yeah. much." Um, that's the problem, though, is because you, you, you the, the, it's, it's the, I mean, I don't, 
it's but going back to thing, money though, though does it yeah. I mean I think we both agreed though it wouldn't change us as it's not going to cure our mental illness it's nope. not going to make them it's not going to make them go away perhaps at best it would it would it would we, we could in terms of treatment we could sort of we, we could like push ourselves in front of the queue I know that sounds really Cross. No, well, you're right but, though, but, because you'd, yeah. pri- you'd get private yeah. therapy and stuff, and it would, money but, would be no object really. Yeah. So that, that's it. We also agreed yeah. that you know it's we know that the the effects and stresses that mental health of you know when you've got bills and things you have to pay when yeah. you're crumbling top. But of I, as if I said, you can get rid yeah. of that worry, mm-hmm. then it, it is. But I said like that's not. A, but I, I was making the point of even though it might affect your mental health, it's not. It's not just you know exclusive to mental health because everyone has that stress. Yeah. But so if that 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 would ne- that, like anyone who would ha- anyone who'd win the lottery would not have that stress anymore. Is what I'm. Is my point. Mm-hmm. But you're right though. I mean like as I said like. I, I'm aware my mental health is a lot worse like when it gets to my like rent week yeah. and I'm like oh god there's like that amount of money going out of my account I'm like I've got to make sure that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not overpaying for things and um, I'm really diligent in what I spend each month and all that kind of thing and, and you have well, to well, be I, and, I know, work with psychologists against austerity I told you about yeah. and yeah it's, it's been proven that that, that psychologists do believe that in this age of austerity that people's mental health have worsened because they just don't the make, stress of life yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, that makes a huge amount of sense. So, um, so yeah, like I, I just think it's such a fascinating topic because I've always said, like you know, uh, we've discussed this before, and, and I've and, and obviously other guests who've been on Geek Apocalypse before have just like, um, it seems to be everybody's solution. Like you, he was just saying that, like, with the society that we live in, is this that the idea is is that your goal should be to make more money, and that that money solves mm-hmm. everything. And I, I'm never. Like, that's one of the reasons why I was saying to, to Ricky about like sort of relationships because obviously you start thinking about that when you turn like a, a certain age mm-hmm. and i think that's why it's like took me some it's taken me time to find the right person because and um, one of the things that i realized that i'm very drawn towards is not a materialistic person because i'm really not that person no, like no. like i've talked i've told everybody about the current hoodie that i'm wearing which i i, I bought <laughs> i bought because this is like the first i'm not kidding when i say this this is probably the first um, clothes I've bought myself in God knows how long, like maybe two years, like because the great thing about being a geek, uh, or like having a geeky, um, you know, uh, what's the right word, like um, fashion sense, I guess, is it it doesn't necessarily go out of fashion. So if you got like an old, <laughs> so if you got like an old T-shirt with like an authentic, well, like you know, which is what I have, like I've got an old, you know, like retro film that's like become should a cult I, classic. I design a new you know, give yeah, it to my job. whatever, yeah. Um, but <laughs> you, but you, you, you appear on my geeky catwalk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, um, but you know, you, you get my point. Like you know, like so there might be a T-shirt that you've had for ten years or something, but it just gets more sort of niche, niche yeah. and, and 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 fun because Ret- retro. Never yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, I have a lot of stuff where i'm not like embarrassed to wear because like that's still like you know highly regarded and mm. you know because i used to like a lot of stuff that's still sort of around like i'm the same although i, I do know? admit i do i do like a good clear out you yeah know, stuff which i've just sort of haven't worn that like, oh, i mean worth getting well and... as i've talked about this before probably yeah. on like the 100th episode or something like that i, I went through like an identity crisis when well, I was a I buy his, his t-shirts. I, I buy yeah. a lot of rock t-shirts. I'm wearing a Bowie t-shirt. I got. I bought this with that's some cool. of my birthday money when yeah, I turned. Yeah, that's cool. 
Um, but I was saying, like, I had an identity crisis when I was growing up because I was a footballer. So one of the things I did when my mom gave me all my stuff when I moved out, it was, like, she gave me bags of stuff where, like, like this is typical, like, what parents are, particularly English parents, where they just save everything. Like, even stuff that you've not seen in, like, 15 years that you wore when you were, like, 11 at your first football practice. And you're like, what the hell did he keep all this stuff? And it was like, um, so that was the, you know, when Ricky said about in terms of throwing stuff away, I threw a lot of, like, sports stuff. Yeah. Because, I mean, I kept, like, the short, like, um... When I, when I sort of was towards the end of quitting football, I used to wear, like, three-quarter pants, and, like, they're, in summer, they're quite nice to wear. Even though I know comedians have made this joke before, like, going, really, does the one-quarter that's not part of the trouser mean that you get, like, a more air into your trousers, really? <laughs> does that really solve the whole, you know, the, the, it being too hot? Like, I still have I, my... I, still, I, I think it does, but I see what that point I is. I still have but. my silvery... My, my favourite ever Newcastle kit was the, the silver grey away kit of the mid eighties. Ah really I still eighties. Yeah, which oh, wow. is and I would have I would have worn that like six, seven years old and I've wow. still got that. Yeah, yeah. never thrown that away. Well that, that that was some of the stuff my mom gave me. Do you remember in the nineties, the Newcastle one, it was the the purple and the purple with the with the green and yellow the green and orange stripes. Purple Purple with the green and orange stripes is type it, things it, with the, the star on. Yeah, there was a, right, weird but it was a strap like, that went down the yes. side of the shirt. Yeah, the yeah. side. Yeah. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was like the third alternate shirt yeah, yeah. or something. Uh, oh God, it was awful. Yeah. I don't have no idea why my man bought it. Also, the Newcastle have had some shocking away yeah. strips. Well, um, the one that I actually has become like sort of folklore. And actually, um, I don't know if it's in this year's FIFA, but it was in the one that I've got. And it was last year's or the year before. Um, what they used to do on FIFA, which I thought was quite cool, they'd put authentic like. Um, not authentic retro, um, retro, retro shirts yeah. for certain yeah. clubs yeah. so the Newcastle one that you could unlock if you did something something with that team mm. um, was the purple one that one the purple one which uh, like Ginola and that one 95 like the away one the purple and the purple not the one I just mentioned there okay. was the purple the stripy purple and blue the hoops. The yeah. The hoops. Yeah. It was a it nice, like a a really shirt. nice one. Yeah. It no, was, no. Well, it was not. It was not. Well, actually, I say really nice. It wasn't that. Well, I'm that, being, that's I'm the strange polite, thing. That's the strange thing because at the time, I know which one you mean. Yeah. At the time when it came out, that's what everybody said. It looks like a rubbish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it but, wasn't it when we were on the Falcons yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah but when so. I look back, uh, when I look now, because you know Newcastle United do sell these retro shirts. Although they're a oh, bit different, they? but yeah, no, I, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, you can buy it now, but it's but it's a reproduction one, and it doesn't look as yeah, it's not yeah, the, it's not yeah. like that. Well, that's the thing, like that's why and those things getting, are a bit different. Yeah, so. actually getting the ones that come out, but it actually works as a, yeah. as a as a bit of a fashion item. You can wear it under your jacket, and it looks quite quite, quite cool. I've actually considering getting one actually. But they are like 30, 40 quid. They're not the cheapest things. Oh, I am at, yeah, well, that's why yeah. they sell them in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there you go. That's the one. Uh, if you can see it. Yeah, there, yeah, that's the yeah. One, yeah. With the button. See, oh, I, with the buttoned up neck thing. See, I would, I would wear yeah. that now. Yeah, it's cool. And I might, I might still. Yeah, I've considered buying. Oh God, the Oh God, let me look at yeah. these. So I'm coming yeah. around. To <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, I've got me. Um, I because we're at my house. I've got the dual monitors up. So. We'll that looks call. like the ah, one you're that's, talking that's about. That's the one I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Oh god. I didn't know it was yellow and green though. Yeah, it was yellow and green, oh, which is gosh. which. Honestly, you would look at that and go, "That isn't a Newcastle top." That's awful. Yeah, because like we're, <laughs> there's no black and white in it. Like you know, yeah. I mean, you think about you have um, away kits, but you have at least something that uh, makes it look see, like. See, that's the one I recognise because yeah, the, co- the, the contrast looks better. Yeah, right yeah. There, I, I, I mean, well done for you saying it was just one stripe. I thought it was across like river yeah. plate, but not yeah. straight down. Yeah, God, we had some chocolates. Ah, that late, one as well. The late the, great Pavel Stanichek's shirt. And Shaka, his yeah, lop, yeah. yeah. 
God, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So it's like you look at all these old. I mean, people complain about the shirts now, and you see some of the old ones. Like yeah. I hated them. The nine, the nineties, the largest ones were shite. The nineties were the um, worst for for strips. Yeah. The eighties were great though. The eighties yeah. were brilliant strips. That's interesting. Can I just I've say not looked at the eighties ones. I the worst, Michael Owen. The worst, Enemy. New, the worst strip Newcastle had. <laughs> okay. Was the banana worst strip? Do you remember like a few? Uh, there's one that I saw there that I really didn't like. That one, the 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 one Beardsley had, and that's the eighties. Oh, it? no, no, that was mid nineties. Oh, that was alright. I like uh, that one. It's like but... sort of like like he was going to be late night disco. Yeah. <laughs> he looked like a dyed a dyed t shirt. Like, yeah. like, like looks like that. Yeah. But it's alright. It's alright. Anyway. Okay. Just scroll. To, if you just scroll down, just one last one. So, do you remember that one in the early nineties? A one. Yeah, half, the McEwen's. All the McEwen's, one half of the shirt is yeah. thin stripes. Oh thick. my god! Yeah. See that? Look, <laughs> that it looks weird, but, but I think it was ahead of its time because yeah, I think that looks really so class. ridiculous. Yeah. Ah, wow, memories there. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I do think they've gotten better. To your point, yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, even though I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Wonga's one, but hey, see, they certainly not, fit better. I've not bought a Newcastle shirt ever since they've had like a, a, a loan a shop lo- company a loan or, or a yeah. gambling. Company. Yeah, well, there, wasn't there a rumor this year which would have been so awesome that they were going to put Newcastle breweries back? Newcastle Is that the really old one? Yeah. Wow, I, I, I like that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Anywho, but um, but yeah, so that's what I threw out because I was like. I don't um, blame you for throwing that one. Uh, well, yeah, the, the 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 bad ones. I probably I might have kept the blue, the purple, the one I just, the one I was on about yeah. the purple, the blue and purple one. Yeah. Um, but the the like that 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 one, the one the the orange and green. That you, you have to remember, remember as well. Horrible. In in those days, um, in those days, the, the they had that strip for two or three seasons. Now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Now, you no, well, yeah, it was before. Exactly. That's a really good point. Yeah, it was before they actually went. Welcome, make. We money see. I don't mind if they brought. If they brought new strips out every season, it, as long as it was affordable, like within the twenty, thirty pounds range, to bring a forty, fifty quid shirt out every season, I think is a bit much. It's know? a really good point, actually. You've got me reflecting. I, I'm trying to think. Oh God, I, I couldn't tell you the last one I ever, the last t- mm-hmm. the last uh, Newcastle strip I, I ever remember. bought. I've oh, just bought quite, retro ones. I've never bought that's like really. That's, I feel quite sad about that actually in a weird Gosh, way. But then, I think about but then, it's going back a long way. But then, like, I remember, like, because my friend, my, a couple of my friends who I see all the time are season ticket holders like yeah. yourself. Yeah. And, um, uh, they always, like, at the beginning of the season would show me a picture. I go, oh, the new strips came out. This was, mm-hmm. like, during the summer. Mm-hmm. And my response to quite a lot of them recently have been, don't like it. Yeah. So it, it would only ever be, like, you know, because, um, my dad, uh, my dad used to, whenever he went on holiday, this was like after, like when he's with a pop with his partner, mm. used to go like, do you want any shirts brought back? So he used to bring me back these as replica. They were never that yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. But like occasionally he'd bring me back a really good one because he'd go, he'd go like around a place like Portugal and I'd go, just get, a, try and get a Benfica top or something. So try and like get yeah, like a bit of a, yeah. bit of a, bit of a, bit of See, a like collection ni- going. Because the 90s British yeah. strips were not that good. Yeah. I, I would buy the That's Italian That's what I'm ones. saying, yeah. Our body of any shirt yeah. in the mid 90s. Oh man, like, yeah, because yeah. I was saying like the, I used to always dream about getting anything that Kappa made because yeah, Kappa, Kappa used was like Kappa the, the Italian Italian team, and I got number ten on the ah. back because my hero was ba- Roberto Baggio. Yeah, then, yeah. Uh, I then got Del Piero. Del Piero. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, he's mine. I don't know whether or not I, I should see if I can find that because I forgot. I, I, I'm sure you're like one of the few people I know that would be impressed by it. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, it's I've got Del Piero's autograph. But, um, oh, you know, I'm uh, not leaving this house <laughs> until you show me. Uh, is my mom? My mom used to work at same yeah, James's Park. Yeah, it was the friendly yeah. in 1999. Yeah. I don't know what happened to it it's definitely somewhere because i i said to me mommy mom found it in like a drawer somewhere and i went that looks I need like to get an autograph book there no, that's not, not that it, no. that's got a bunch of pictures in yeah. um 
I'm sure it, it's actually like on an Italian flag and it's on like a, on like a, a um, like a wooden, a wooden platform. Right. Like with two Italian flags in and he signed one of the Italian oh, flags. Um, because, uh, yeah, as I said, it, just for the people who don't heard the story, uh, my mom, uh, for quite a long time in the like late 90s to early to mid 2000s, so the Bobby Hobson era, uh, mm-hmm. and a bit before, um, what, who would have been before? Was it Daglish? Yeah, uh, Daglish, I think, was Rude Hullet. Yeah, uh, yeah, Rude Hullet. She hated him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, that's right, cause, uh, I'm pretty certain she started around, I think, Daglish's era. So you're talking like 98 ish. I think makes sense, but anywho, so she, so yeah, because she, she definitely was around the Bobby Robson era because she really liked him because he was like obviously gentleman. Um, so anywho, uh, yeah, so uh, this and this makes sense for the story. It must be around ninety eight because uh, this was a ninety nine friendly because I've still got the brochure because my mum used to bring the match programs back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used to kept a bunch of them and I think they're actually under my bed actually in one of my drawers, but. Uh, like as in the brochures are, but anyway, so uh, my mom, because she was a waitress for a long time, that was a part time job. Whenever we need any extra money, um, because she was a housewife most of the time, she uh, got a job at St James's, um, because she like didn't like where she was working at the one of the Hilton hotels, um, so she got a job there and she worked the VIP room, mm-hmm. and what used to happen, and it's still, I imagine, it still does now is the man of the match for any of the matches yeah. would go to the VIP room to get, like, sort of looked after, regardless of whether it was our team or the opponent right. team. Okay. So we played Juventus in a friendly in a su- in the summer of 99 mm-hmm. pre-season game mm-hmm. because, uh, famously as well, Del Piero said at that time he'd love to play for us one day and I, like, almost had a heart attack. Did he? Yeah. Because he, he, like, said he liked the fans and so And I was, like, going, this is, like, the arguably the best player in the world right yeah. now. And he's going, I'd like to play that. Like, I would I would have died and got the heaven if he'd have played there. Anywho. Um, so, yeah, he got man in the match for a meaningless friendly. Um, and he came up to my mum's thing. And my mum knew, because I used to, this was still at the the era of uh, uh, Gazetta Football Italia. Mm-hmm. Um so she knew I was like a huge fan of his. So when she saw he was man of the match, she was like, "Oh, my son's like a diehard fan of yours." So she got him to sign it, and I remember like just absolutely like dying of she brought it back. But fates aligned mm. that my mom works at a football ground. We happened to play the team that yeah. I of my Les Ferdinand, but we were still. I think we wanted to get Badger as well. I mean, we got Shearer eventually, but um... yeah. surprised that, that if that's true, um, because you know this. The, 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 that's ultimately like it's funny. I guess that people are sort of like. Why our club, who we support, will never like us? The examples we've just gave of we'd like we're a team that got promoted not that long before that, and then Knighteds and all these other people, and now like the gap's so goddamn wide that mm-hmm. we're never gonna be able to beat Manchester City because they just if they have a losing season they just go well, we'll give an extra four hundred million and a tenth of the money they spend on an average. It's, it's frightening you know? the, the 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 level that Man City are playing now. It's like you know it is very because also as well I'm, yeah. I'm I'm reiterating the point of not only financially could we be capable of, of battling. Do you think them, it's fair? Yeah, though that, but, that that I mean, critics of Man City will just say, "Oh, well, you just bought 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 your team, you bought your success." I mean, it's hard to argue against. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. I, how I, many know. how many local local guys are in, in, in are in that team? I can't. I can't well, in Manchester City, yeah. uh, they did when they when they first started getting the riches. They used to have the like English players and a few like up and coming people because I think like Stephen Island came from their academy team. Um, and then he obviously moved on. But um, 
but then yeah, like I mean, if you name, I could probably name their team now, and like I, I mean, you just think, well, you basically how you solve that? And think of the English players. Then you go, they all got bought, you know, because John Stones, uh, Fabian Delph. Mm. Um, he's still there. Right? I think he's still there. Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think. Rashford. No, sorry. Oh, no, uh, Rashford, Sterling. Um, Sterling. Sterling sorry, yeah, yeah, who got bought from Liverpool? So. Mm. Um, yeah, um, well, this is the reason why, like, um, actually, and you might not have seen this because it not got a great deal of publicity, but there was a really, really great youngster who's like 16 or 17 who signed for Dortmund and he's English. Right. And he signed from an academy team and I think it was Manchester City because mm-hmm. he basically went, they expected him to sign like a professional deal and he went, nah, screw it, I'm going to Dortmund. And people like were against it going, oh, you're not going to... Was gonna... he part of the, the England team that won the World yeah, Cup? Yeah, he was part I of the young mean, team. Yeah, 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 he's apparently really good. Because God, he um, always asked what, what I, Yeah, yeah, he said like, oh, he's really good. And he apparently rejected the deal and I he signed for Dortmund. Right. Um, or, or actually maybe, like, uh, well, they would have had to pay compensation. Yeah. And I think because of, like, he was well thought of, I think they've had to pay like 8 million. I mean, I, I don't mean to, but, um, to sound critical of, of Man City. I mean, it is amazing watching them play, but... When you have the financial backup, then I guess. Well, that uh, sport. Uh, well, this is why sport. Um, I've seen people who have in any sport have set made this point that um, that uh, sport is unrealistic in terms of life because, as we just were talking about, how money makes no difference in quite a lot of aspects of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sports one of the in few. This case, it sports one of the few exceptions. But where, how many how many journeys uh, would complain if some. You know, well, it's happening now. Mega Zillionaire came and yeah. bought the club and bought like loads of the, the best players around the world. Would, would, it, <sighs> would it not would feel? I mean, it would feel. I mean, would you not rather be Leicester? Yes. That's that's yes, my I argument. Would. Like, I would, I would rather would. be Leicester, where I it's would. like, ha! I we showed them because mm-hmm. Leicester are going to be in folklore forever now yeah. for winning that title yeah. a couple of years ago. Because for those that are probably switched off, if not football fan, <laughs> but um, uh, Leicester won out like. Um, I don't know, billion to one to win the Premier League a couple of years ago, which is the best league in the, the English top league. And, um, ended up beating them with like, you know, a team that was probably worth about like 20 mil, 20, 30 million in total. Like, cause the, I remember once when they played, I think it might have been Man City, where they compared the value of the players at yeah, Leicester to come out of thingy. Yeah. And it was like, t- they were, what, they were worth like 20, 20 times more right. in terms of total value, in terms of, I, I'm talking about how much they spent on acquiring the players. And um, you know, and they ended up beating them. Uh, I guess what I'm just, also you know. re- reiterating is, you know, I like that I like that documentary, you know, Class of '92, with with Manchester United, how they brought up these like bunch of youngsters, and and mixed with the experience at the mm. time, those early players with Mark Hughes and so on, and and Paul Lynch, and then go through, and then more players came in, and they were just sort of like. We won't see that again either. I, I guess there's probably an argument there though that like, I mean, it's also, it's also the circumstance and the times because you gotta remember this is a period of time when Manchester United weren't doing very well. Um, so the, the, this, this is an argument I never hear enough of. I mean, yeah, you're right. Obviously it was it. There were a generation of players that come once every so often, but I want about the chance that they got to actually be part of the team was only realistically because you know, they were going through a transitional time, Manchester United. Mm. It was only like when Ferguson first started. Yeah. So, um, that, if that, that hadn't happened. I had a chat with um, a guy at work who was know, a big Liverpool fan and, yeah. and he was saying the same thing because he, he can compare Newcastle and Liverpool now because before, years ago, the, the England team would be full of Newcastle and Liverpool players. We would regularly turn yeah. them out. But yeah. for some reason that 
it, you know that that sort of. Treadmill, I know we were talking about like uh, that treadmill of players. We're not tuning them out anymore. I know. Yeah, we we were talking about uh, earlier today about like players who we were going. Remember that time like ten years ago when we had like a team of like young England players who were getting an England team, and like, now we're like, oh, like one player who gets like sort of suggested to be England, and we're all like, he's not good enough for England. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anywho, but um, I'm just wary of the time, so need to wrap things up because you need to get your bus. But um, but anywho, um, I guess I should end by because I, I we touched on it and I never got a chance to to finish it. Um, which to just I'll do a summary of my birthday weekend because yeah, yeah. um, if I don't do it now, it makes no sense to do it next podcast. Yeah. Um, so um, what I ended up doing uh, it's probably the reason why I'm ill now because I've still the alcohol is still seeping through my veins probably. <laughs> Um, because as I'm sure you can hear in my voice, I'm full of cold. Um, so last weekend, my birthday was on the 12th. Uh, thank you for anyone who tweeted me, by the way. I got an odd couple of tweets, which was nice. So whoever did, thank you very much. And the emails and stuff. Um, it was very nice. Uh, obviously, as well as the people who know me, obviously I'm not going <laughs> to say only the fans, only the people who listen, <laughs> I care about. Um, I but no, I, 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 I texted you and, and you said, yeah. Thanks. I'm still feeling. It. I know. Yeah, this is like two o'clock the next day or something. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, uh, I literally looked at your message and went, uh, yeah. like, I was, uh, yeah, yeah. I was like that with everybody. It was hilarious. Um. So anyway, um. So my plan was to have a meal with a bunch of my like my close unit of friends on the Saturday. Um, because I thought being 30, I might as well do that. And with it being the Sunday, I'll have a family get together with my family on the actual, my actual birthday, the Sunday. So, um, <laughs> and there's a couple of funny things that happened on the night out. So I'll tell them and then wrap things up. So, um, so the meal was really, really nice. So we went to a place called Town Wall, which is a fantastic, uh, pub in Newcastle where I used to perform and some of my friends used to go all the time. You know, like from the start of when I lived at uni accommodation, you know, up to now, you know, whenever I'm in Newcastle, I like going there because it has really nice ales. Um, I'm a real, I'm a real like, you know, ale, I like ales if I can afford them and I'm like, fuck it, it's my birthday, I'm going to get ales. Um, and obviously some, my friends were nice enough to get me some, some. Um, so we pre-ordered the meals. My friends who were hilarious and dumb went, oh, uh, rang me about while I was on my way there going, Oh, uh, uh, my friend, uh, I'll, fuck it, I'll say his name, he won't care. Um, I went, uh, uh, like, my other friend who was with one of my friends goes, uh, Scott doesn't know how to work the, uh, metro machine because he doesn't, never used it in years, so, uh, he actually ended up missing the metro, so he might be late, we might be late. And bearing in mind that, like, we were supposed to meet at half six in, in the afternoon, obviously not in the morning, that would be weird. Um, and, uh, the, the kitchen was closing at seven. So they were telling me, like, I just got to the town wall at 25 to, and they let me know, like, we may be late now because we just missed the metro. And I'm like, oh, God. So I tried not to let it get to me, but I was like, that's slightly annoying. And also they were trying to convince me to go with them. So I'm like, I'm so glad I made that decision because I would have been late to my own gathering. Like, that would have been, like, the most <laughs> embarrassing thing ever. Like, they're all, like, waiting there going, are you Stephen's friend? Yeah. Uh, like, where is he? Oh, fuck knows. Um... <laughs> Uh, and I'm like going, I'm with the fucking Metro guys and the Mystery Metro because I'm fucking dumb, like, um, and, and hold my food. Um, it's like, I'm just imagining <laughs> the Last Supper and yeah. Jesus Oh God, it was, yeah, it, it felt like that, Ricky, honestly, it was, it was just dumb. But luckily they ended up turning up five minutes earlier and I'm like, br- I'm literally like bribing the manager to go, can you just make the chef go on a little bit longer? Like, cause he's like, he leaves at five past, so that's as far that's as I can take it. You know, yeah, oh, that's right. I, I, I was actually kind of in a way 
referencing that, yeah. Uh, how much does Mickey Mouse money to keep this spa, to keep this open? Would a 20 be enough? <laughs> um, yeah. Waldorf salad. Um, <laughs> wait, wait a minute, it's lettuce? <laughs> no, no, apple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 so, come on! <laughs> Now come on! <laughs> and then he pretends he's oh man, honestly, I, I love Polly Towers. Anyone who's not seen Polly Towers, particularly like Americans who might not have seen it, just oh, get they, it, find it. it. I know, I know, yeah. there's people who know it exists, but John Cleese obviously known more for Monty Python, I guess. Mm. Um, but that sitcoms like kind of um, often is the is the the benchmark for any sitcom over here. Um, and you know, it's you know, it's not been on the air for fucking god knows how long. So, anywho, um. But yeah, so anyway, uh, they ended up getting there anyway on times, well, I say on time before the, the kitchen closed. So I was not as annoyed. Uh, but anyway, the thing that happened before, which I was like, I actually made my friends laugh because I turned and went, welcome to Newcastle because a uh, woman was being over the top annoying. Because, um, so I'd booked a table and because I pre-ordered the food, they said, you're going to get the table no matter what's happening. So it was actually the table I wanted right at the back and it was like in a confined area. It was really nice. It was a bunch of couches. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. So we got there and the, and the manager went, oh, we need to, so I'll show you where it is. So she came around and went. And there was a couple of people because they had written on this table's reserved after 6.30. So there were a couple of people on the seats at the end with our, with our pints on the table. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, fair enough. And then, so the woman went, oh, I'm sorry to bother you, but like, this table's reserved now, and they've just got here, and it's about 25 dudes, so yeah. we're a little, we we're five minutes late. Yeah. So I, and, and so they were like, oh, sure, not a problem. So they get up and leave, and they don't take the pints, so I'm thinking, oh, well, that, I don't understand that, so maybe they're waiting for us to sit down. Yeah. So I go, well, I guess I'll go to the right, so I've, it's easier for people to get in. So I like squeeze into the table, and I swear to you, as much as I can, um, I literally tapped the table. I literally, like, you know, brushed the table to the point of the pints that were left on the table literally just went, like, really went, Bleh. like, really, a really small shudder, like, barely moved. And so this old woman behind me, who I now stab, I've now understand after what I just about to say, was the owner of these pints, um, just went, what the fuck are you doing? And I, and, and like, I, I like turned around and I went, what? And she went, you just nearly knocked them pints so I clean off. What the fuck are you doing? Like, like really, like aggressive and really just over the top, like not nice yeah. and like quite snobbish yeah. and typical me because I, I I'm against any form of like um uh, uh confrontation. I'm like I'm really sorry I didn't realize. And as soon as I sat down, going I'm like fucking prima donna, yeah. like because I'm I literally um literally these pints uh these pints look like they'd been farted on or something. It was like not even remotely. I, I barely barely moved. Yeah. Um, you know, like a I don't know, like a small uh, like a small tiny mouse door being closed and. There was like a little draft. Like I barely touched them, and this woman's just giving me grief, and that's why I turn around and go, "Welcome to Newcastle, mm-hmm. where random strangers just decide to scream at you for no fucking reason." Like she screamed to the point of the entire section we were in, like turned around to go, "What? What the fuck's going on?" And I'm just, I'm just like, "Whatever." Um, so that annoyed me. I'm like, "Oh, this is a good start." And then my friends ring to go, "Oh, we're gonna be late." I'm like fucking assholes. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, so you wrap things up with something you need to go. So, um. So yeah, to cut a long story short, so um, so the the meal was really great. Um, I got some really nice stuff. My friend Chris got me Guardians of the Galaxy comic book, mm. uh, the, the latest one. So mm. I have I actually currently don't have it because I gave it to Nicola to look after because they had a car yeah. and I didn't want to take it around town because I was going out. So I, and they haven't been around yet. So I'm mm. looking forward to reading it. Mm. Um, but I thought that was a really nice gift. 
Um, the guys paid for the, the guys all chipped in and paid for my meal, so that was really nice of them. Mm. Um, and, and you uh, had a family meal the next day. Yeah, and I, so I, I'll, I'll say it, I'll do the quick story of the night out as well. So like, obviously, like the well, they uh, don't Nick's assume pregnant. Pub, pub, pubs have uh, free tables. Yeah, on yeah. Sunday lunchtime. I know, fucking art, yeah. idiots. <laughs> Sorry, ma'am, I love you, but that's dumb. That's really dumb. Uh, anyway, so so. Uh, just to finish the night out before I get to that, because that's funny. Um, so the quick story about the night out. So obviously people who couldn't go drinking, and obviously just to reaffirm, Ricky wasn't there, and we're, we're going to do well. We're kind of this, this today is really is the uh, it was the rearrangement. Um, because uh, so anyway, so I was just letting people know Ricky wasn't there, hence that he doesn't know about this. Um, so all the people who like you know were like Nick was Nick was pregnant and Alan had work the next day, so people started to like leave in their own time. Yeah. So we all went out for drinks and you know got drunk and stuff. I I went to the casino where I lost um, you know a tenner in blackjack fairly quickly, but I don't care because I just Is like that playing. The casino in the gate. Yes, yeah, yeah. Aspas. I've uh, been there. Other casinos are available, yeah. but uh, I, that's the one I go to. Uh, that, that's allowed to be said. Um. So anywho, the reason I actually went there is because I want to actually play a live poker tournament. So once I arrange that, because I need actual ID, because I need to fucking register with the casino, which is bullshit. Um, and I don't have valid ID at the minute because my passport's expired. So that's annoying because I'm going to have to pay for a new passport. Same with me. Um, so that's kind of history. And I don't drive, so I don't have any form of valid ID, which is sucks balls um and i'm like why can't i just go i i, I might the, it might be just the woman on the till was wrong but i'm like surely you can't surely you can just turn up to a casino and if you look at the legal age just mm-hmm. go he has the buy-in for the tournament and i don't need to fucking be a member of the club mm-hmm. you know that's like going into a bar and going are you a member well i'm sorry i can't <laughs> i can't get your pint yeah. like I, I don't get that so i i don't think she's right but i'm gonna make sure i'm gonna double check it anyway because passing trade means that anyone i know like yeah if i'm willing to pay yeah. the money what difference yeah. does it make yeah. like and also the membership is free so I'll, I'll, the only person who's missing out would be me because i've missed out on the discounts yeah. and all that shit so i'm like you know what's the big deal anywho um so that was fun uh, what I w- so I, we went to a whole different places and that was the casino was fun. Um, so to wrap things up, what I, the, the funny bit was, well, it wasn't funny at the time, but it became funny was, so we went to a place called Beyond, which is a, a pub, a club in, uh, the gate because my friend like kind of likes quite R&B stuff. And I actually quite like being in there, even though it's not my type of music. And actually, uh, it shows that I actually, I was like, wow, music I actually, uh, I actually heard of. Um, and then this guy, like keels over like which you know I, I joke about this all the time if you ever go to newcastle on night out you're gonna see a person either be in a fight or fall over or whatever that's just like part of the deal um but this guy like just during the daytime i know i know yeah yeah that's just lunchtime yeah <laughs> uh you know that's just going to work um uh anyway so yeah so they got this guy like keels over and honestly i was quite frightened by seeing it because it looked it was like a person that had a stroke like mm. because he had no like leg support he just fell yeah. like straight on his face so i'm like going get it my first honestly honestly got my first thought and i was i was like merry but not like mm. completely gone and my first thought was get an ambulance like i really was concerned and then my friend phil and i'm like going, what the hell is he doing my friend phil just like walks over and starts like like breaking people apart and i'm going what the hell what the hell's going on and uh and so i, I he then he then like sort of like and then i went what and then phil comes back and i'm like and i'm like touched i'm like concerned i'm going so what what what, what what's the matter what's what happened like i, I missed must have missed something and he goes well i, I went i looked like he had a stroke and he went no what happened was they came in and they were both having a play fight um and i went and as soon as he said that i went 
Everyone knows if you're even close to drunk and you start play fighting, it automatically is going to turn into a real one. Um, So they were play fighting each other and then one person took exception, which is usually what happens. And he must know like Krav Maga or some martial art bullshit, right? Because he apparently just choked him out. That was the reason he felt like he did. Because he literally like, uh, Phil described it as a sleeper hole, like in wrestling. He just grabbed him by the neck and literally not, not... choked him out when you've had a few too many oh, well, that's quite you, quick you, you're gonna yeah and he was out for like 30 seconds yeah, yeah. and like what made it funny and i was less concerned then the guy who'd got knocked down he, i was concerned because he he hit himself quite hard he gets up like 30 seconds later but he gets up like kind of like what happened what happened what what, what? <laughs> <laughs> like like and, I, and I, I found that funny even though i shouldn't have laughed yeah. and i'm like and then what, what annoyed me was the bouncers went like kind of like went like it had it had like a a, a a team talk and went right there's all your differences and i'm and i'm going this is going to escalate and as i said like in any good fight there's a woman who just won't let it go yeah. there's a woman in the background going get him jim get him get him get him get him like oh don't treat him like that you can't let him get away with it like and so this woman just wouldn't let it fucking go and so she kept going back like wanting to start a fight right and then like literally they were all like kind of having a talk about it like trying to figure out who did what and then next thing you know it starts again and the bouncers and then the bouncers suddenly go after a 20 minute like this like awkward everyone like sort of dancing around it going well that's a bit awkward then the bouncers went maybe like i'm i'm going how dumb are they because they go well maybe we should like get take them out of the bar now i'm like really really that should have happened like 10 minutes ago um that should have happened instantly because that that's never going to get resolved i've never seen a fight where a person like i say there's always a woman who won't let it go or a guy who (laughs) or, or a guy or a guy who just or a guy who just like has he, he has an ego who can't like Usual can't deal can't deal with the fact that yeah. he's got his ass kicked yeah so that's exactly what happened like so she was egging him on she was like oh it's ridiculous what the fuck he just like laid him out and then he's all like well i actually she's got a point like and start like and i'm like oh god just like i'm like fight outside but like in here if there's a bouncer surely the whole point is they're mm-hmm. they're creating an environment where it's all right mm-hmm. where we're safe mm-hmm. um so that was in it and anyway so as as ricky gets to i know really it's half past now so we need to go um is uh yeah the final thought was um the sunday with my family they went oh let's go to a pub where it was like a drop-in center and it's half one on a sunday for sunday dinner and we're like what the hell um so it ended up us driving around like a pub crawl trying to find a place that wasn't busy bearing in mind i'm hung over and i'm also i don't like being in the cars at the best of the time and i'm literally going like oh i need some food and so it took about till three o'clock to find a place so we all like gave up getting the pub idea and went to frankie and benny's and had a nice time um also me me sister brought a cake and like the waitress like put the candles on and stuff and i felt like i was 12 <laughs> i mean sister actually said when she took it out i'm doing it to embarrass you and i'm like well it's working uh all the time. and uh, she went oh well blow the candles out and start saying happy birthday and uh, you know how you're supposed to wait i blew the candles out literally as soon as she put it and then uh, my brother-in-law pissed himself he thought it was the funniest thing because he starts he started laughing at just because he looked at my face going i just don't want to be here right now <laughs> um and, I, and I, I ordered pasta and it looked i honestly looked like a person who had had like a, 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 an all-in takeaway like two hours earlier because I was eating li- eating one pasta at a time because yeah. my stomach was just gone. Mm. But that wraps up my uh, my birthday weekend. So um, it was re- honestly I felt very loved. I think that's the kind of key point, yeah. and it made me sort of realise like the people I have around me who I talk to every day are the right people around me. Yeah. Um, so it, I and I reinforce like any of people who are turning some sort of age like that. 
uh, embrace it and have fun with it. Like, um, don't be miserable like some of my friends where they're just gonna cower in a uh, cower in a bed and pretend it's not happening. Like, because I think that was that was fun. Anyway, uh, Ricky has to go, so let's wrap things up. Thank you, Ricky, for coming. No, I hope pleasure. you enjoyed being at my house. Uh, it's lovely to see you. Uh, thanks everyone Great for listening. Here. The next episode is with the Engage podcast guys. We're going to talk about Star Trek Discovery. Uh, that's going to be recorded on Tuesday, so it's probably towards the end of the week. I'll release that. This is going to be released uh, either tomorrow or Monday, probably tomorrow. Uh, as in the 19th. Uh, so that's wrapping things up. I'll end the podcast like it always ends. The words of the great B-Movie Roger, Scratch and Burn. And we'll see you very soon for another edition of Geek Podcast. Blah, 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 blah. Ricky has to go. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> okay. Let's just turn that off. That was fun, yeah.